In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Praise God. Father, we just want to thank you and bless you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love for each one of us. We're grateful for the privilege of being a a child of yours. And we're just asking, Lord, that today your word will encourage us, Heavenly Father. It will will lift our spirits, O God. Uh, We will be revitalized, Father, by the life and the power in your word. We bless you. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And together we say, Amen. Amen. I want to share a message that I'm going to share in two parts, um, which I've called living in a pressure cooker. Living in, how, many, how, many, how, many, how many cook here? How many use a pressure cooker? Yeah? Okay. How many don't cook, but they know what a pressure cooker is? (laughs) Amen. Amen. The truth is that uh, life today can seem like it is a pressure cooker that we are living in. The intense pressure that uh, people are subjected to in various areas of their lives by various circumstances and situations is really reaching unprecedented proportions. And we see the results uh, by, sadly, the the increasing number of of incidents where people can't cope anymore and they just break down. We see the results by the attention that is now focused on, on mental health issues that are often a result of these pressures and not knowing how to handle these pressures. And I wish I could say to you that the Christian was exempt, but you know that is not the case. You know we all are subject to the same pressures as any other person in this world. And the result of these pressures is is often the stress that we live under, the stress that we're subjected to, and oftentimes the result of that stress. And maybe I should paint a picture for you, just as some sort of start for today. I was looking at many, 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 I was looking at many surveys and many statistics with regards to the stress that people face in life. And some of them were quite startling to me. 37% of people in the United Kingdom are stressed for at least one full day a week. That's more than a third of the nation is stressed very seriously at more than one full day a week. If you multiply that by the number of weeks, you have an idea of the stress that people are under. And you know, if you look around, you can see the signs of the stress. 
the number of people who walk onto roads and are totally oblivious to the cars. Has anybody experienced that? In their own world. Because of the many things that their minds are, are trying to process. Point six million cases of work-related stress, anxiety, or depression was reported in 2017-2018. Now, this is what was reported. The amount of stress. That's a lot of people who are under stress for a large part of their lives which they spend in the workplace. Seventy-four percent of UK adults felt so stressed at some point over the last year they felt overwhelmed or unable to, to cope. Seventy-four percent. That's two-thirds of the country in 2017-2018 felt so stressed that they got to breaking point. They got to a point where they thought, I cannot cope any longer. I am so overwhelmed, I want to give up. 32% of adults say, said they had experienced suicidal feelings as a result of stress. 32% thought of killing themselves or had feelings, suicidal feelings. 32%. That's a lot of people who were driven by stress to the point where the thought of taking their own lives came into their minds. 16% of adults said they had self-harmed as a result of stress. And you know, the way statistics work is that in every gathering, the numbers will be similar. They might not be exactly accurate, but there will be similar, there will be similar numbers. 16% of adults said they had self-harmed. They had already self-harmed and were driven to do that as a result of stress. 51% of adults who felt stressed reported that the consequence was that they felt depressed. So half of the population had at some point felt depressed. A higher number, 61%, reported feeling anxious. And 37% said they felt lonely as a result of the stress. But those figures are worse with a younger generation. For the younger generation, 39% of 18 to 24-year-olds had experienced suicidal feelings. Almost 40% of the young people had at one point or the other thought of killing themselves. And for that younger generation, 83% had felt so stressed and overwhelmed and unable to cope. 83%. And about a third of them, that younger generation, had already self-harmed themselves. 
It is said that young adults spend more than six hours a day stressed out. Young adults, more than six hours every single day stressed out. And I'm sure you're getting the picture of a nation that is living in a pressure cooker and the consequences of that, the stress that we're all having to deal with. And there are general stress factors, as you know. And I was intrigued as I studied this at some of the stress factors. Some things that I would not have thought were stressful initially. So, of course, there are the obvious ones that are high up the list. A divorce, the stress involved to both parties and especially to the children. Of course, the death of a loved one, easily one of the most stressful things any person can be involved in. And there are a lot related to our job and, and our, our work. When we lose, if a person loses a job, of course it's very stressful. Equally stressful is where the person has the job, but the person is unhappy in the job, almost as stressful. Or where the person has a workload that is too heavy, or the person is given too much responsibility. But I was intrigued to find out that getting married is high up on the list of stressful things. So everybody wants to get married, and it's a great thing to get married, but it is actually one of the most stressful things a person can do. Of course, taking care of an elderly or sick member of the family. Of course, emotional problems can lead to stress. And even traumatic events will, can lead to stress. A theft. You know, the, you come home and your house has been boggled. It can lead to stress. You don't sleep. You keep wondering if they'll come back. Or other traumatic events that one might face. But then I, I, I found a study that the Mental Health Foundation did that was even more specific with regards to stress factors. And in this study, the number one stress factor was money and money issues. In fact, 22% said debt was the reason they were stressed. So when people are anxious about money, people worry about money, people are concerned about their future. Will we have enough? Do I, have I put enough away? Do I have enough to cope with the bills and, and all the things that I need to sort out? And most significantly, when people are in debt, when they owe credit card companies, when they owe the HMRC, when they owe other people, then the people, if you don't handle it, you find yourself entering stress and, and long-term stress. The second thing were, were health issues. 36% of adults said their own or a friend or relative's long-term health condition was the factor that tipped them into dealing with serious stress. 
But then I found some of them instructive. And hopefully we'll be able to deal with antidotes to all of these. Dissatisfaction with their appearance and body image. And I'm sure you know Instagram and social media doesn't help. How come everybody looks good on social media? Everybody. That alone should tell you there's something wrong. Not everybody cannot look so good all the time. There was a post of someone I knew very well off. And um, the post of the person and the, the person's family. And it just was an appealing post. It was very appealing. You know, social media is so glamorous. Everybody just looks happy. Like they don't have any cares in the world. But because I knew the backstory, because I knew that family quite well, I knew of the chaotic, messy backstory. And what I knew for a fact didn't line up with what was projected for the rest of the world to see. And there would have been people definitely who saw the post or see similar posts and who envy them. I wish I had their kind of life. May God not grant you all your wishes. Because if you get their kind of life, Because when we post pictures, we scan through. Don't like this one. Don't like that one. Why don't you post that one? No. And then we choose the one that we think best represents our utopia. What we really hope we are. Which we are not most of the time. And that's the one we... And now with airbrushing, you can do anything. Nobody looks bad on social media except you don't know what app to use. But then a lot of people see that and it puts pressure on them. They're just dissatisfied with their own appearance and their body image. More than a third of the women surveyed, 36%, said this was the reason for their stress. And men are not far behind, 23% of us. I mean, you're looking at the guy, he's your age. And he has a six-pack. They drew the lines. They drew the lines on it. That, that thing is not real. You get to a certain age and life just happens no matter how you try. And you can look good for your age. But if a 60-year-old man is looking like a 20-year-old boy, there's something that has gone drastically, drastically wrong. The best a 60-year-old man can look is a good-looking 60-year-old man. And it was interesting that that survey said high up the list are housing worries. Where people will live. You know, people stress about postcodes. My God, I've had all kinds of stretches. 
And I just listened and I smiled. So people live in Halsden. They say they live in Kilburn. People live in Kilburn. They say they live in Maydeville. People live in Swiss cottage. They say it's on the border of St. John's Wood. Why are you laughing at yourself? People live in Clapham. They say it's, 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 we actually live in Battersea. And then people live in Brixton and they say, oh, it's not Brixton of old. It's now gentrified Brixton. And then there are real worries with regards to housing. Can I pay the mortgage? What if I lose my job? Can I pay the rent? And these are real issues that create stress. People stay awake at night thinking about these things. And you know it is worse with younger people. 32% of those 18 to 24 said that was their biggest issue. And what I'm thinking is that a lot of them are living at home. So what is your problem? It's not your problem. It's somebody else's problem. But they worry for their parents if they are living at home. And if they're not, they worry for themselves. The pressure to succeed... And it's interesting, and we will look at, look at why, is that it gets worse the younger you are. So in this, this 21st century London, a young person is under so much pressure to succeed. You know, we have two young children. I have a lot of young people around me. We have three young children, but one of them doesn't even know anything about anything. All he just knows is he loves football and he wishes he didn't have to go to school. At nine years old, you shouldn't have any pressure on your life. But the older ones, I listen to them, listen to their friends, and I'm just amazed at the pressure that, that young people put themselves under. What does it matter at 22? If you, what does it matter? What do you know about life at 18? What do you know about life? I remember when I was 18, my father used to say the same thing to me, and I used to say, you don't understand. Now I understand what he was saying. By the time you have gone through life, you realize that just at a certain stage, don't get into this whole pressure, the pressure to succeed, the pressure to be like friends, the pressure to get the right job. The pressure to have the trappings of success. And where this stress, where you live in this pressure cooker and you haven't learned how to handle it, there are always early warning signs. Constant headaches. Excessive fatigue. Difficulty sleeping. Difficulty concentrating, forgetfulness, memory lapses. And unexplained irritability or anger. And unusual anxiety, nervousness. 
But if that was all, then we could say we could handle it. But the challenge is that if it is not checked, it has long-term effects. When the stress is continuous and sustained. You know, it was funny. I was reading an article last night. Shala and I uh, reading an article. You know, life is just interesting. Too much of everything is bad. You, you know that, yeah? You agree. Too much of everything is bad. So too much exercise is bad. Because your body treats exercise like stress. So there's a certain level of it that is good. But too much of it is bad. In fact, too much of it can kill you. None of it is likely to kill. Too much of it can kill. And the picture, if you don't learn to cope with stress, is bleak. Depression. High blood pressure. The various systems in the body are all affected by stress. Your respiratory and cardiovascular system So it might not be the cause of asthma, but it worsens the case of asthma and all the other things that come with it. Heart disease, heart attacks, strokes, excessive weight gain, excessive weight loss, body aches. The blessing of a, of, of, of a sexual relationship can be shattered by stress. Erectile dysfunctions, impotence are sometimes traceable to stress. And so marriages sometimes are put under pressure and the reason is just stress. And it, it is no, a known fact that stress can and oftentimes magnifies the physical symptoms of menopause. It's accepted that long-term sustained stress will weaken your immune system and your body's ability to fight and protect itself. Long-term stress is accepted. Sustained stress over a period of time will affect your digestive system. In fact, stress, there are certain things that even in the early stages, just constipation, diarrhea, that is constant. You just can't explain it. This is often traceable to stress. Consistent heartburn, acid reflux, often traceable to stress. It increases your risk of type 2 diabetes. How many know it's quite a bleak picture? Amen? So what can we do? What does the Christian do? Does the Bible have 
solutions that are real and practical to help us cope in a world where we all agree that the stress is relentless. The, the, the things that were supposed to make life easier, wouldn't you agree with me, have made life more stressful? Your phone is a principality on its own. The things that make you feel you have to respond, and if you don't respond, the world is going to collapse. I did an experiment on Tuesday into Wednesday. I switched off my phone at 12 midnight on Tuesday and switched it back on at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Guess what? The world was still there. And I had a most peaceful time. So I have now instituted that as part of my daily, my, my life now, that from, I've moved it back to, Mon I've moved it to Monday. It was an experiment in the middle of the week. But from 12 midnight on Sunday till 6 p.m. on Monday, he tells the congregation he serves his phone will not be on. I am free from that principality that haunts me Emails to answer, WhatsApp messages to respond to, texts to respond to. And then, you know, the nature of human beings is that they feel that their own message is the only one. So they now have an issue, Joseph, with, with you. You didn't respond. I had 72. How will I respond to all? Give me a few days to catch up. And your, your life is the same. So, for a lot of us, work never stops. Work follows us from our workplace back to our home, and we are working at home under the same pressure as we were working at work. Is it any wonder that people are breaking down? And in that survey, at least 12% of the people said the reason that they are breaking down is because of messages they haven't responded to. And they tell us that even the light of this, this, this appliance, this, this thing, is a problem. I'm thinking, what kind of problem is this? Does it solve any problem? Does it create more than it solves? So the blue light doesn't let you sleep. And most of us sleep with our phones next to us. Most people check their phones before they check with God. The young generation is, is their life. I was cooking the other day on, uh, I don't know, Friday or whatever it was, Thursday. And our son came in. Uh, Jamie, JJ, he came in. And as soon as he saw the spread I was cooking, he just brought out his phone and started videoing everything. <laughs> so I said to him, I said to him, why do you guys do that? And his answer was instructive. He said, Dad, it saves me having to tell everybody 
wow, my dad is cooking. I just do it and I put it on one, one medium and everybody sees it and they know. So I don't have to phone all my friends to say, wow, my dad cooked a spread. Or did you know my dad cooked a spread? I just put it on, on, on upload it to something and everybody knows what I want to say to everybody. Isn't that fascinating? So that's why another thing that fascinates me, and I kind of copied it for a while I, without even thinking about it. I just was intrigued by it. Every time you go out, with someone who is in the younger generation, they take a picture of the food. So I'm thinking, who wants to see what you're eating? Fascinating what the world has become. And all these things are causing problems for other people. Because when you take a picture of the food, you also say where you are. And someone who can't go because they can't afford it suddenly is pushed further into depression because they don't like their lives. So what can we do? Because we are in it. And the truth is that when you look through the Bible you find that all the people you admire lived in a pressure cooker and coped with stress. Can you imagine the stress that David coped with? Can you just imagine when you think about it? Just Saul hunting him down alone was enough to bring depression. Having to deal with the death of a son could have tipped him over. To deal with the confusion of your daughter being raped by her brother, your son, how many know that that's enough to wreck the whole family? And then after that, having to cope with your son sleeping with one of your concubines on the roof of the family house for, with the knowledge of the whole community, that was enough to tip him over. Or the kind of stress that Job went through. How many say, please, God, don't give me that kind of stress? But even when you look at Elijah, the apostles, Paul, Peter, you realize that these guys all lived in a pressure cooker. There was stress. It might not be the same kind of stress we deal with, but there was stress. You come to a conclusion that it is really impossible to live life without coping or having a coping mechanism, a way of dealing with stress. And I firmly believe, and thank God for all the research, thank God for all the experts, but I am a firm believer that the strongest antidote to giving in caving in, to not coping, to being overwhelmed by the pressures and the stress of life is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I wish we were not in this crazy society we are when you have a solution and you're constrained in a professional environment from offering the solution. Jesus puts it this way himself. 
Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, as I end. And we will deal with the, 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 the we will look through the Bible and we will deal with the antidotes to stress. Um, not next Sunday, the Sunday after. We will deal with some practical ways to cope with the pressures of life. Jesus says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He goes on to say, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. His message was simple. If you come to me, I can give you rest for your souls. As long as you come to me, you can get rest for your souls. Amen? Can someone say amen to that? Amen. The psalmist puts it this way. In the famous psalm that we know. Psalms 23 verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He creates green pastures for me, still waters, and brings restoration for my soul. Listen to the way that Passion Translation puts it. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. Amen? That's what he does. He restores and revives our lives. He takes us and cloaks us in his luxurious love. He leads us to an oasis of peace, a place where we can drink a quiet brook of bliss. And then when he takes us there, he restores and revives our lives. Can someone say amen? amen? Come unto me. But first we have to come to him. And, and then we experience true rest. We can then start from there to create a structure, mechanisms. And we'll talk about that. That can help us cope in life. You know, it's funny, as I was looking through all those stress factors, I found that I've been through so many of them in my life, quite a number of them. And so many of us will go through quite a number of them. So the thing is to wisely, like I said to someone, you cope with the storms of life because you have built storm shelters when there are no storms in life. Because it is infinitely harder to build a storm shelter in the midst of a storm. It's a lot easier to have constructed the storm shelter so that when the storm comes, you have a place to run into. Think about someone trying to build when the rain is lashing, the wind is blowing, uh, the, 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 the storm is at its, foot, at, its, at its height. It is very difficult to build then. And the challenge is that for a lot of Christians, we try to build in an emergency way when the storm is raging. It is very difficult. So when I faced some of those challenges, it was the storm's shelters that existed that I ran into. And we'll talk about some of them. Amen? Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Come.
to me. If you're heavy laden, you're burdened, you're, you're carrying too much, come to him, he says. Father, we just thank you. Come to him. The first come, of course, is a come to him to start a relationship with him. And if there's anyone here you haven't given your life to him, you haven't said to him to take on responsibility for your life. You haven't accepted the free gift of salvation that he is. You haven't accepted that he died for your sins. You're not giving him a chance to clothe you in his luxurious love, to lead you to that oasis of peace, to take you to that place of bliss, to restore and revive your life. He can only do that where you've given that life to him. And so with all heads bowed, if there's anyone here who hasn't given their life to Jesus, you haven't accepted him as Lord and Savior, you're watching online and you haven't given your life to him, this is an opportunity. If you just receive him into your heart, if you're in this auditorium, slip your hands up. If you're online, please follow the instructions that you're being given. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to accept him as Lord and Savior. You want to start a relationship with him. Slip your hands up wherever you are. Anybody saying, please pray for me. Please pray for me. The second come is to those who are burdened and heavy laden. You're in this auditorium, you're watching online, and you are almost at the point I described of being overwhelmed, almost at the point where you can't cope. You are really burdened, you're heavy laden, and it might be for so many different things. The second come is a come to you from him to enter his rest. And this morning, we would love to pray with you as we agree with you that you're starting a journey into his rest, that the lead of the pressure cooker is being opened to let out the steam so that you can cope with life. And then the knowledge of coping mechanisms will be brought to you. But you're at that point where you just thought, I can't handle this any longer. Wherever you are, just come forward very quickly. Come, come forward very quickly. I would love to agree with you, with, with the pastors who are here in prayer, that somehow strength will come upon you to cope. Grace will come upon you to cope. You're not going to give up. It is not over. It isn't God's plan for you. He has great thoughts for you. Thoughts of good, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. So come from wherever you are. By the time you came this morning, you were wondering, how can I continue? How can I cope? I'm overwhelmed. I'm drowning. I'm crying out for help. Today the Lord has reached you where you are and spoken to you. Come from wherever you are. Can I, can the pastors all come? And the deacons and deaconesses all come. So that we can pray one-on-one as many as we can. Come. We just want to agree with in prayer. Standing on that scripture. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. going to pray with you one on one, one on one, by standing with you. That's the beauty of this, of a community. And this is a community that has the Spirit of God in it. Our prayers are not empty. The words being spoken over you are not empty. They have God's Spirit and God's life in them. There's a healing that's coming your way. 
There's a revival and a restoration that's coming your way. Father, we just thank you and we bless you. Oh, we glorify your name. Sweet Spirit of the living God, come and do what no man can do. Holy Spirit, come. Come and do what no man can do. Lift burdens in this place. Lift burdens. And if you want to be specific with the person praying with you, you're welcome to. And most of the people praying with you will have a word from God for you. Please listen out. The Spirit of God will put a word in their hearts for, from God for you. Just receive it. Father, we just thank you and we bless you. We honor you, O God. We thank you, O God. Oh, thank you for burdens that are being lifted. Thank you for burdens that are being lifted. Father, we bless you, O God. With heavy for God.
Lord, we glorify your name, O oh God. And so, Father, I pray, O oh God, for every person in this auditorium, those who are watching online, those who will listen to this message. I pray, Lord, that the grace, Father, to withstand pressure, the grace to overcome challenging circumstances, the grace to go through storms and come out on the other side, the strength in a person's inner man that allows a person to withstand pressure. I pray, Almighty and everlasting God, that it will rest on each person under the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Heavenly Father, that no life under the sound of my voice will buckle under pressure. That your Spirit, Father, will safeguard every life. And that the pressure that was meant to break will mold. The pressure that was meant to destroy will build. And that each one of us will come out of those circumstances stronger than we went in. Father, we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And together we say, Amen. Go on, give God a clap offering. Go on. Go on, give God a clap offering. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you. We bless you, Lord. Amen. Amen.